welcome into the waiver fire podcast nick smith jp is not with us but we have a bonus podcast joined by good friend alex farrell i call him farrell i assume that everybody including his parents call him farrell that's just how he's known just but even my kids <laughs> hey man welcome and thank you so much for joining me how's it going it's going great. I appreciate you having me. I'm looking forward to talking some trash about fantasy football and uh, and giving a little bit of insight into the NHL as well. Dude, I'm so I'm so appreciative of your passion because, bro, you just had a baby, man. What are you doing hopping on on Friday afternoon? Yeah. Don't you be changing <laughs> diapers right now? I've done I've done plenty of that uh, over the last few days, but you know when when you're here on paternity leave, um, just relaxing at home, I, I had a good opportunity to do it. He's he's napping, he's already uh, eating and sleeping like a pro, so uh, I, I get a little bit of free time here and there. That's fantastic. I hope he's a couple rooms away because we're about to get hyped the fuck up on some NHL and some fantasy football. So. Maybe uh, calm your yelling over there, but uh, what, what, what's the what's the little baby's name? Uh, it's Connor. Connor, fantastic. Of course, named after the NFL fantasy great James Connor this year. I totally get it. Makes it makes a lot sitting of sense. On, sitting on my bench, yeah. Uh, or you know, as we get deeper into the hockey conversation, uh, one of the studs of the NHL these days, Connor McDavid. So, oh, a name fantastic. that you need to be familiar with. Dude, I did not even realize James Conner is actually on your team. That is, that's <laughs> such a sweet call out right there. Um, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. So I'm so glad you get to join us. Um, of course, if the baby wakes up, we might have to call it quits early, but uh, we'll do our best, man. And yeah, we'll so you, you and I have been battling fantasy football for a long time. And uh, this week happens to, of course, be our head to head. We did get a little, we did get a little preview in our uh, keeper league. A couple weeks back, where I, Oof. you know, properly inserted my dick into your asshole, and it was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Errol, it it was so tight for me, man. Thank you so much. Not much of a preview uh, at all. Oh, really? Just you, you think we got a different story? Garbage. You think we well, got a different story? Know, I think I think you didn't properly introduce me as uh, the number one player in our in our main league. Uh, three three and oh, number one. Um, you and you and, and I are ready to take it to you. Okay, you and I are both sitting at three and zero. So somebody unfortunately has to lose that that spot at the top, which is which is heartbreaking. Um, you uh, you played two Bengals. You played Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. They did fine for you. They didn't they didn't do exceedingly well, but they did fine. And then of course I played the Cincy D, which completely shit the bed so i think you're going into the weekend with a little bit of luster with a with a glimmer of hope but uh it, it's all downhill man don't worry it, it's another l for you yeah i was curious about uh playing two bang it, it's a ballsy choice to play two two players on a you know a team that's just generally not great their offense has looked pretty good this season with Joe Burrow back, but uh, really Joe Mixon has not been great this year. He had a big game, I think their first game of the season, but it's been pretty um, pretty slow. Jamar Chase is starting to kind of burst onto the scene a little bit. So it, it was risky playing both of them, but uh, you know, I went with it. And, and you're right, they, they had average performances. They kind of met what their, their predicted output was supposed to be. So I, I think that puts me in good shape to uh, keep taking it to you. Yeah, I mean, you're hitting me. You're hit, everybody. Everybody is hit with injury. Uh, I think, except for you, to be honest. So you know, losing CMC hurts. Hopefully, Chuba's like fifty percent of what he yep. is. 
So, so I think that, you know, I think since he was a safe play, honestly, even if it was two people, I think you go in against the Jags, like with a pretty safe floor. And of course, Mixon and, uh, and Jamar Chase did that for you. Two players, honestly, I was completely off on that entire offense. So I'm just going to take a big fat L so far on uh, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, and <laughs> Joe Burrow. It is what it is. That was just a total miss by me. But um, And I, I think even during the draft, you know, I, I have to say, Farrell, if I can give you credit, your team is, is absolutely sexy, man. Um, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's been up and down, but I think, I think he'll be really, really good. Zeke starting to pick up fire. Mixon, very solid. Hopkins, Hopkins is a little, a little banged up, and he's been a little bit uh, kind of, I don't know. He's got a very tough one. He's got to go against, uh, oh, oh, it's not uh, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, Ramsey, who has that's shut gonna him down. That's going to be a tough one, man. Yeah, it's going to be tough, but be tough. but dude, so so he's been shut down by Jalen Ramsey in the past. That's been that's been when he's with uh, Houston. I mean, Arizona has yep. so many pieces that I'm just not sure that, that Jalen's going to be able to to completely shadow him. So it'll be very interesting. Of course, I think it sh- is. I mean, especially, you know, the, the Rams defense everybody's talking about. Obviously, you have the D-line with Aaron Donald. You have Jalen Ramsey in the secondary. But they have not quite seen that. yeah, the dynamic type offense that Arizona is going to throw with, you know, the mobility of, of Kyler Murray. Um, so yeah, it should be interesting to see if, if Hopkins can can make some separation and uh, get a few touchdowns. It's definitely the premier matchup, not even fantasy wise. I think NHL, all eyes are on that matchup. It's so electric. So well, I guess all eyes are really on Tom Brady at New England. But if there's a second story here, it's that matchup. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, this is pure narrative, but Matt Stafford and that offense have been so insane that if I if I was Jalen Ramsey, um, you know. I might take a little bit of a breather, not play as like I have to win this for my team because they don't, man. They don't actually need to get a defensive touchdown to win anymore. Um, It's just no, it's disgusting on offense as well, which you you struck gold with right there. So you're playing both the wide receiver stars on that game. Cooper Cup. You, you, you must be just in heaven with that Cooper Cup pick. Man. Oh, my God. It, it's been incredible. I, it makes me worried a little bit. Can he sustain what he's done so far? And, and there's no way that he can continue to put up these kind of numbers. But, I, you know, uh, barring any injuries, it, it looks like he is just Matt Stafford's go-to. They've got a really good connection, and some productivity should continue to come from him. So, yeah, that's that's been an awesome pickup. It's been disgusting. I guess – I thought the upside was going to be there, but with Cooper Cup's injury history and Stafford's injury history, you just got to think one of them breaks at some point. But until then, <laughs> and also, you know, I do, I do, I know I shouldn't, but I have some bias towards players who have who have done really well for me in the past. You know, Julio Jones won me basically oh, yeah. won me championship. So I I love that man. And Robert Woods was has been a crucial piece of my team. So I didn't get him in this draft, but he was kind of like. He scared me off cup. Like, no, Robert Woods is still going to be involved, guys. Well, that was another big L for me. So that was a smash <laughs> pick. We do we do have the premier tight end matchup. I have Travis Kelsey. You have Darren know, Waller. Yeah. That's sexy. That's a great matchup. Because, really you know, I, I go into – so I traded uh, Chris Carson and Hollywood Brown for Kelsey. I still feel like I took the, the dubs on that trade. But, um, but Kelsey, I feel like I go into each week like, oh, well, I just win at tight end. 
Not really this week, man. Darren Waller is, this is not a PPR league. Thank God, because Darren Wall, Darren Waller literally is the God at PPR, but he's still oh, yeah. completely nasty in our league. And, uh, Oh, I'm, I'm going to have to try to, to luck out on the second uh, flex option. You've got Mike Davis, who was a player I was very in on to start the, the season. He really hasn't been big sexy. He hasn't. The damn Falcons, they're just so they're just they're just terrible, I guess, what it comes down to. And I was I was kind of sold on Davis, too, thinking like, man, he's going to get 35 carries a game because yeah. they just lost Julio. And, and that's really what they're going to need out of their offense. There's nobody else. But he really has not lived up to what uh, what potential he showed last year with Carolina. I had him last year as well. So kind of just like what you were saying, um, you kind of air towards players that you've that you've had success with in the past. And Davis was one of those for me last year. So. And I thought I really thought he was going to be kind of a I thought he was going to be like an 11, 12 touchdown kind of guy. And Cordero Patterson has just soaked up the the piteous amounts of touchdowns that the Falcons can seem to manage. I mean, uh, Mike Davis is getting like, you know, 80 yards every game. Like you throw a touchdown in there and you're pretty happy, but he's just yeah, he's not hit yeah. pay dirt yet. But pretty cool for Patterson. I mean, that name, it I feel is. like his name just sort of fell off the map for a long time. I mean, he's been in the league for a while, I think, at this point. He has. But now is it's kind of the starting back for the Falcons. That's it's pretty cool for him. You're, you're right. You do have to feel good for him. Definitely getting into DFS lineups and probably some season-long players are starting to finally uh, trust it a little bit. I'm sure he'll screw everybody soon. But, um, yeah, that has been exciting. <laughs> and – and that's uh that's your squad, man. It's absolutely sexy. I, you know, I told you about the CMC injury that hurts. Kyler Murray's, of course, been carrying my team, but we talked about having to go on the road to the Rams. Mm, could be shut down a little bit, and then bro, Chase Claypool, Julio Jones. I'm I'm still touting Michael Thomas on my bench for another couple of weeks. Like it you, is, you got to. It is thin in the streets right now, and <laughs> like if one more flex option goes down, it's basically uh, it's going to be real ugly. But uh, looks like a really fun matchup, man. It'll be fun. Um, hopefully, I can go two two and zero on you on the year, which I'm sure I will. So I'll be sitting on top again. It'll just be great, man. I'm so excited. It it'll be a good one, and and you kind of mentioned you know that this is the the battle of the two three and zero teams. And then if you look in our league, we've got uh, Major Major and Scotty D, the, the 0-3 teams going head-to-head. So it's like those two are playing in the fucking Thursday night game, and then you've got you and me in the in the Sunday or Monday night game. Um, it's prime true. time. <laughs> I, I consider our game, and we have, we have enough of the pieces in the game that I'm going to go ahead and say that we are the Cardinals and Rams uh, of this weekend. And Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know who I don't even I think uh, I think Scott and Major are kind of like uh, the Marshall versus whoever they're playing in college football this weekend. So, <laughs> right. Although I know it says, you know, sleeper is we're, we're on the sleeper app this this uh, year and it really throws the um, projections very, very high one way or the other. It says that Scott's only have a, has a six percent chance of winning. Come on, Scott, please. Please, please make major four zero and four, man. It would make I I would I would take an L uh, this weekend if major also could take Just an L for major to go. It would make me I so like happy, that man. Sacrifice. Oh, it but does, of though. course Sleeper you do. Sleeper throws it. It's like 
you know, it has its point predictions down to, to such a precise number that if it fluctuates even a little, that percentage goes all over <laughs> the place. Last week, at one point, I had a 5% chance to beat Alex, and I ended up beating him by like 15 I think I was um, around the 10% as well and ended up winning, which which I did get lucky yeah. as shit, but still, it uh, it felt kind of crazy. Yeah, somebody has not taken a statistics course over at Sleeper, but um, <laughs> yeah, anyways, right. man, let's uh, let's dive into the heart because really the reason I wanted to, to get you on is you are one of the very few people that I'm friends with that knows anything about the NHL, and, and dude, the season happens to be right around the corner. You must be pretty, getting pretty stoked. Oh, I am pumped, and, and it's hard it's hard to get excited when there's so much go like football is still kind of new, right? You're only a few games into college football, a few games into the NFL. So, um, so much of my attention is already diverted there, but once October hits and we're, and, and not, I'm sorry to cut you NHL, off, but dude, I'm sorry to cut you off, but dude, baseball's about to head into the playoffs too. And, and the playoffs. man, October is just like the pinnacle of, of sports viewing. Um, yeah. Once the NHL starts, it's, it's incredible. And so this year in particular, if you're not already a hockey fan, this is the perfect year to get yourself into hockey because there are a few major events going on that are, you know, hoping to kind of reshape the game a little bit and start to draw in more fans. And and what I mean is one, um, you've got the, the television rights moving from NBC Sports, which they did a really great job. I loved all the analysts. Uh, they were, you know, very much like in the niche of what being a hockey fan is. Mm-hmm. But it's moving over to ESPN, which one thing that it does is offers a little bit more of an in-depth view into the players themselves, the superstars Um, you know, it's not just that it's televising games, but they should be able to highlight more of the superstars and get that face of the league, uh, or several of them the way that like the NBA has, or the NFL has, you mean like trying to get your more casual fans into it. You mean like during sports center or maybe on the front page of their website, things like that. Yeah, exactly. And even like another piece of it is, um, a player I mentioned at the beginning, Connor McDavid, he is far and away the best player in the NHL right now, but he plays in Edmonton, which is, you know, way out Western Canada. So those games, the games that he plays are not typically at convenient, um, you know, Eastern time zone uh, time slots. And so his games rarely get televised nationally. And so the NHL is missing its biggest star is not being put on television constantly. And that's just a huge loss for, you know, for, for kids that want to, you know, find who's the cool player that they want to be like they're, they're missing out on all of that. And hopefully ESPN, yeah, with highlights, you know, showing game recaps, hopefully televising more of those Western Canada games starts to capitalize on a little bit more of, uh, of some of the superstars that are, that are less known to the, you know, the casual fan. Well, can I admit something, Farrell? Yeah. N- never heard of this dude in my life. Never heard I, of and I believe it. <laughs> but, uh, but I guarantee you have heard of Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin, correct? I was going to say, I, I, so in, as my prep for this pod, I did look at the top you know, 50 or so fantasy stars, fantasy draft, which I don't know, you know, in fantasy football, that often doesn't relate to faces of the league, right? Tom Brady is the hundredth pick in fantasy drafts or whatever, but he's the face of the league. Um, So I wasn't sure, but 
You're right, man. It took me down. It took me scrolling down to, he still looks like a first rounder. Alex Ovechkin is number 12 in this particular list and Crosby. I don't know. He's down in the thirties. So you're right, dude. Those are the only two names that I recognize in the top 50 and I'm not ashamed of it. And it's okay. No. And that's okay because those two (laughs) guys were, they have been the face of the league for the last you know, uh, what they were drafted in 2004. So wow. 16, 17 years. And that's fine because they were the superstars and they're still superstars. But now there's a whole new group of, of superstar players that are in the league that are, you know, performing at an extremely high level that are really exciting to watch. And so right now you have this good crossover of the old stars and the new stars that are in the league together, really the talent in the league just like it is in the NBA, it's like at an all-time high. There are just some incredible players on every team. So no matter who you're watching, there's superstars out there. Well, I think you make a great point about the markets, right? Like, wasn't um, Crosby's with was with the Penguins for a long time? I don't know if he was still if he's still there or not, but like, yep, still there. That, I mean, that's that's a pretty big market, even if you're not into NHL. Like you know them by association of the Steelers or whatever. So so at least you pick yep. up on that. But dude, like. Edmonton is that is that a college football town here in America like nobody knows what that is um so so you can't like just instantly like hop on board or hate somebody based on that market share and so yeah that's that's a that's I guess that's one of the biggest downsides because to be fully transparent hockey like whenever I watch the NHL like I don't care about the teams the sport is fantastic man like it's so intense and skillful and action-packed and great like it's a it's a badass sport to watch i'm guessing live or on tv but particularly on tv it's awesome like if it could be marketed better um i think it would be a huge win like i'm i'm in for sure from the sport side of things but you're right sometimes it's hard to to market canadian team even in even in baseball like toronto it's not it's not a big market man and it's tough to market to uh to american fans to gravitate because they just obviously i mean it, yeah, it's certainly a foreign country so it's hard to no i mean yeah most people in the u.s like they probably don't even know where edmonton is you know and much no less clue. that they have uh one of the superstars of the league but not to mention that you know wayne gretzky everybody at least knows who wayne gretzky is he right. he had his rise to fame in edmonton as well so it is a it's a big time hockey market but that's just because it's Canada. It's not because there's all, you know, all kinds of other major sports or anything else that are, that are going on there, at least not to my knowledge, but, uh, but yeah, you're right. So one of the difficulties with marketing the sport on TV is just that it is so fast paced, but that's what makes it so much fun. But if you have never been to a game live, which well, I'll, I'll try not to give you a hard time because you literally live in like the United States, like Mecca of live hockey in Minnesota, um, going to a game live is unlike anything else. I, I know a lot of people that are diehard hockey fans, but they still don't really watch it on TV. They just love going to any level of, of live hockey because it is, it is so intense. You can let, feel the hits from wherever you're sitting. It's, it's awesome. Let me give you, let me give you my brief history with hockey. And then I I'd love to explore yours. Cause I'm sure it's much more yeah. um, uh, intimate, but so I grew up in Pittsburgh. So I, I at least caught in, you know, during the times of um, Lemieux and 
Oh, Yager. So, I mean, I, I oh, knew yeah. names and, and I knew that it was like a big deal. It, it, of course, still was not as big a deal as the Steelers and probably not even as big a deal as the Pirates who sucked, which says something about the sports <laughs> disparity that the Pirates still probably had more fans than the um, the Penguins. But so right. I grew up there and I did. I do distinctly remember going to one game sitting in like the way back and really not being able to see much, but still like feeling the, um, you know, the chill from the ice in the area. And I think um, my parents bought me like a puck to take home. So, so I had that experience and then you're right. I, I recently moved up to Minnesota, which coming from Auburn, Alabama, where college football is King and the Braves are, uh, you know, Prince or whatever. And, and <laughs> hockey is like, the hockey is like, if you've seen mighty ducks, then you're good to go. And then that's really the only thing that you, if you haven't seen Mighty ducks, you probably get a little trash talk. But other than that, like if you're, if any more than that, you're probably looked at as a weirdo. So moving into (laughs) Minnesota where Alex literally, I, I don't know if I told you this already, but my next door neighbor, when I moved in, I moved in in September of last year. And I saw that they had this really nice looking, uh, garden area that was fenced in. I was like, Oh, that's pretty awesome. Come December, they start flooding it with water. And I'm like, no, this dude does not straight up have a hockey rink in his backyard. Are you kidding me? And, <laughs> and I, you know, we, we were, you know, we quickly made friends or whatever. I asked him, I was like, so is this like, you're, you're kind of a crazy guy, right? Like people don't have hockey rinks. He was like, no, dude, it's everywhere around here. Like it's hockey, normal. hockey is straight up very influential on kids. Like my neighbor's kids would probably like feel like they lost their leg if they couldn't play hockey. So oh, absolutely, it, man. it's completely part of the lifestyle. They all know all of the NHL teams. They all have favorite players. Um, so I'm willing to definitely hop on board, man. So I can, I can at least keep up with them and talk some shit. So uh, that's, that's basically yeah. been my hockey experience. I did go to one of their kids games to cheer on with my kids, of course. And, uh, okay. and it was a lot of fun. Of course, it was like 10-year-olds, so it, they suck. But it was still, still action-packed and awesome. And <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's, and, and that's, you have parents maybe getting in fights, if nothing else. <laughs> it wasn't that intense. I think, uh, I think the team that was going to win knew they were going to win. So it, was, it, was like a, you know, it wasn't too intense. But uh, that's been my hockey experience, and I'm excited to, to have more. But give me a little of your taste, man. Like, why in the first place do you care about – like? you're from Auburn too. Like, why do you care about hockey at all? Yeah. And that's a fair question. So yeah, I've, I've spent a good bit of, of my life in, in Auburn, but I actually was born and spent most of my life uh, outside of Philadelphia. So growing up as a kid, you had the flyers right there, Philadelphia flyers, um, still a, a diehard fan there. But I also grew up with a bunch of uncles that were all both diehard flyers fans, but also hockey players. And so I grew up going to their, their men's league games or, you know, them taking me to Flyers games, um, watching games on TV with them. So right from a kid, you know, hockey as a sport to watch um, was something that I was immediately connected with. Um, I really didn't get into playing until kind of late middle school. And I kind of attribute that to my, my culture shock and relocation to Alabama. So moved to, from, from Philly down to Auburn when I was in elementary school and then moved back in middle school. So I kind of had this 
this phase where, yeah, college football then took over. Um, hockey's non-existent, but got back into it when I got back to Pennsylvania. So um, from that point on, I mean, hockey has just been kind of a normal, a normal part of my, my life and, and where it's not, you know, quite the same way that it is in Minnesota where everybody has their own outdoor rink. I did grow up within, you know, 10 minutes of, of four or five different ice rinks um, that, that we could go skate at. And as well as in the winter, we knew of a few outdoor rinks too, that they would freeze over. And so, you know, a group of us would bring, bring our hockey stuff to school. And after school, we'd hit the outdoor rink and just play. So it's, you know, it's kind of one of those like backyard football type things. But if you if you find the right, you know, the right group of guys, um, kind of hockey, hockey fills that same uh, that same gap. Well, I guess that's that's another just obvious reason why half the country doesn't care about hockey is because even if they cared, they couldn't play like anywhere. You know, if if you're in yeah. Auburn, Alabama and you want to play hockey, I don't know if you I guess you can probably play at some somewhere, but you definitely can't grab a couple buddies and go, you know, throw the pigskin. Like, uh, it's, it's certainly, yeah, it's certainly not that easy. And, and, you know, it's another, just another downside to it being something that everybody's able to play. It's expensive. Like when you're right, when you're renting ice time, that costs money, your equipment costs money. And when you're a kid, you outgrow shit, you know, within a year. So you're constantly having to buy new equipment, sticks break those are expensive so it's a it's a pricey sport um but you know thankfully when you've got some played against sports and things nearby you you find a way to keep going but uh you know i i just it has been such a a big part of my my hobbies and my life that i've continued it going so even i left pennsylvania to come back to auburn for college and at the time there was no hockey but I was part of the group that started Auburn's club ice hockey team. That's bad. Um, back back in 2010, and that team is still still playing, um, getting a lot better than uh, than we were in the two seasons that I got to play, where we essentially got our asses kicked uh, every time we stepped onto the ice. But so uh, you're saying once you, you know, once we, you took off, they 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 felt the baggage was gone and they could finally yeah, flourish. Pro- probably so. Probably so. But uh, yeah, they're a little more established now and, and they're playing uh, against, you know, teams that they stack up with a lot better. Whereas when we were getting started, we were the last school in the SEC to start a club team. So we're already way behind everybody else. But we've got a lot of guys from the Northeast that were on the team. We had some really good players and we were able to win a handful of games. So um, we had a good time, but but kept it going. And um, I still play in, in men's leagues, uh, to this day. And, and really I follow the flyers like I follow any other, any other sport. I mean, they, NHL is a, an 82 game season and, you know, in a given season, I, I honestly, I probably watch 65 to 70 of those games. That's, that's fantastic. And I was just thinking, as you were saying that about starting up a club and, and being so far behind, I was thinking about, you know, in Auburn, there's a lot of, um, not a lot of, but there's quite a bit of crossover between football and baseball players, at least at a club level. Like if you're an athlete, you can kind of get by playing those sports to some degree, but with hockey, like just the idea of skating, I think people, you know, throws a lot of people off and like, you'll bust your ass for a long, long time. So there's just so it's such a different skill set. I feel like rather than just being big and fast, you know what I'm saying? 
Oh yeah, it's it's absolutely true. It's kind of the complete opposite of that. If you're an athlete, you'll be okay. Right. If you're an athlete, but you can't skate, you can't play hockey. Like you're if, done. if you know how to skate, but you're not a good skater, you're not any good at hockey. But if right. you're a great skater, but don't play any other sports, you can figure out hockey. Yeah. Um, so yeah, skating, and, and it's obvious that that's uh, the, you know, one thing that sets it apart from every other sport is that you're riding on this tiny right. blade on a sheet of ice. But if you can skate, then you can figure out how to play hockey from there. Which, which to be honest, you know, the, the few, so of course, growing up, you see some classic NHL clips, but at the same time, one of, one of the most horrific sports clips I've ever seen, and maybe this is TMI was, I think it was NHL where a goalie got his throat slashed open, which I'm sure you've seen. Absolutely. I've seen. Yes. It was horrific. And dude, at that time when I was maybe, I don't know. 16 17 i was like fuck that bro (laughs) what you like okay i know nowadays like when we watch football and we see a concussion we all flinch and are like fuck that guy just had brain damage but he got his throat slit open he he was lucky to survive honestly um okay goalies these days wear a little bit more neck protection thankfully you know as as a a, uh, you know safety person yourself uh you're always you hate that uh tragic (laughs) event is what leads you to improve but uh yeah in this case they they have really improved neck protection for goaltenders but i you know i've seen similar injuries playing i've seen my uncles sustain similar injuries playing not nearly to that level, but I, the blades are sharp. I mean, that's yeah. how you that's how you get your your traction on the ice. So if it hits your skin, um, yeah, you're you're going to get a pretty nasty cut out of it. So yeah, so there's there's some fear factor involved, but um, but I'm happy to sit on this beautiful couch that I'm currently sitting at and turn on the tube and, and dive into some games. So <laughs> it will probably. You know, so so tell me a little bit about the season. You said it, you know, we said it's coming up on October 12th. Like, like you said, man, it's it's football season. So I guess football is yeah. only on Thursday, Sunday and Monday. So can I can I get away with watching like is is hockey going to last till like March where I can watch it then? Oh, yeah, it will. It's okay. uh, so the playoffs, NHL playoffs are typically in June. So we're thankfully we're back to what? normal season. It's not a covid season. Um, but the NHL, like the Stanley cup playoffs usually take place May and June. Oh, wow. I had no idea. Okay. That's cool. So that'll be, yeah. March, the season's like it's at its peak at that point, you know, your good teams have solidified themselves as good teams. You've got teams trying to make playoff pushes at that point. So March is a, is a great time to, to dive in. Oh, that sounds lovely. And I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll bring you back during our, our offs, our fantasy football off season to get some some hype on playoff buzz, but uh, that sounds good. So you had mentioned, and I can't remember, you may have mentioned it. I'm sorry, but you definitely mentioned going to flyers games as a kid. Have you gone to recent games? Has it, has it changed at all? I mean, of course the sports, I guess, basically the same, maybe with some safety and some um, strategy um, improvements, but have you gone to recent games anywhere around the U S I still, yeah, I still go to, and last year, kind of an exception, obviously with the, with the way things were, but yeah, I I typically get to a game or two a year. Um, If I go home for Thanksgiving or Christmas, 
I'll, I'll do my best to, to get to a Flyers game. Um, I always try and find any of the nearby road games to go to as well. So when I was in school at Auburn, I uh, went to several Flyers versus Atlanta Thrashers games. So the Thrashers are unfortunately not a, uh, not a team anymore. They were located to Win- Winnipeg. Yeah. Right. Um, so Atlanta, just the, uh, the shittiest sports city in the nation doing, uh, doing everything they can. So like if you're in Philly, but, uh, how, how much would a Flyers ticket, let's just say it's a regular season, not a premier rival game or anything. How much does an NHL game cost you? Do you know? Yeah, absolutely. And you, you know, you mentioned like teams in the right market, Philly sports fans, they're diehard about everything, I but see. hockey in Philly is something and it is, it's a niche kind of thing. You know, you're not every sports fan in Philly is a Flyers fan, but your Flyers fans are absolutely diehards. And so <laughs> those, those games, they tend to sell out just about every night. Um, wow. And they go for, you know, a typical ticket is going to be 60 to 75 bucks. It's not too bad. Or, it's not terrible, but, but you know, you're, you're kind of up there uh, at that point, but. Uh, <laughs> okay. But to be in a stadium I, with. I, with an, like with that environment, with people who actually care, I'd much rather spend up for that than than to go. I'm guessing the Wild have a have a pretty good fan base around here, but um, probably not. Honestly, I think Minnesota sports are kind of shitty, anyways. I don't think there's a lot of diehards. I could be totally wrong well, on that. Yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure how the Wild fan base is, but from what I understand in Minnesota, it's very similar to the Southeast with college football. Um, College hockey is so popular in Minnesota right. that people don't care as much about the Minnesota Wild. Ah, that makes total sense. Yeah, so I'm sure I'll make it to a game or two. Uh, you know, once the, you know, having a three year old and a two year old basically means that I don't go to very much. But uh, give me give yeah. me a few years and I'll swing by a, a Wild game and, and uh, I definitely want to. Like it, it does sound like a lot of fun. Um, It'll be it, worth your while for sure. You you will enjoy it. So you mentioned uh, the season becoming a bit more, um, you know, going to ESPN, hopefully opening it up to, to more viewership. Um, how do, hey, how do the Flyers look this year? The Flyers are absolutely in need of a bounce back year. They were heading into the COVID shutdown. They were on this incredible win streak. They were the top team in the league. Everything wow. was clicking. Goaltending was incredible. COVID lockdown happened last year was like a historically awful season. They, they were just, I, you know, I finally had kind of worked my way into a, a mindset where I don't get super angry about my teams losing anymore. I get upset. I get bummed. I don't get angry. I was getting flat out pissed off watching the Flyers play. They were so fucking bad. The goaltending was terrible the veteran players looked like shit. I was just like, I couldn't do it. I, I kind of quit watching them like halfway through. They were so bad. But all that being said, it's back to a normal off season, a normal training camp. They've got some new leaders in the team. They've got some great veterans, a good young goaltender, um, some really good young players that scored a ton of goals last season looking to make that next step. So I think they're going to be competing for – the top of their division hopefully can make uh, make somewhat of a playoff run. I don't expect anything major, but uh, getting into the playoffs and, and maybe getting past the first round is a, is a realistic expectation. 
Well, I have to say, I know fantasy isn't everything, but but bro, I'm 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 scrolling through the list for Philadelphia <laughs> players, and I I have gotten down to pick 87 until the first Philadelphia Flyer in Sean Couturier. Uh, Sean Couturier, yeah, yeah, bro. and that's fair. You know, this is a it's a team sport. You know, you. Uh, <laughs> You, you don't necessarily have your superstars, although I will say Sean Couturier, very underrated. Um, Claude Giroux is probably going to be the other name that you see on that list from Philly. Very underrated. Um, but yeah, from a fantasy perspective, we are, we are not one of those teams that you're going to be, you know, picking people left and right. We're, we're a balanced team. We have over several, you know, the last decade, we'll have five or six 20 goal scorers where which you know an average your superstars are going to score 40 goals everybody else is going to score like five to ten goals um we have a whole bunch of 20 goal scorers whereas your other teams have a single 40 goal scorer and then a bunch of like you know people who occasionally will score a goal so so um depth and and balance is uh is a little more the name of the game with the flyer I can completely respect it, man. Uh, of course, playing fantasy football and, and squeaking into a little fantasy baseball, absolutely know that they don't match up one to one to to real life uh, yeah. play. So, so let's let's transition a little bit into fantasy hockey, if you don't mind. Um, Not at all. You know, give me a little bit. Of, have you been? Have you played fantasy hockey quite a lot, or is it something newer? Or have you played ever? I don't even know if you have. Have I played fantasy uh, hockey? I I have played. I kind of went back and forth. I like as soon as, as soon as I feel like fantasy sports were really kind of bursting onto the scene. Like I know fantasy baseball has gone on for a while, but other fantasy sports I think are fairly fairly new in popularity. Like over the last you know decade or so. Um, I got in fantasy hockey for the first couple of years when fantasy sports were becoming popular, just couldn't really, you have to set your lineup so much more often than you do for, uh, fantasy football. I just right. I wasn't interested in keeping up with it that much. So I kind of took a break, got back into it again, but it has been several years since I've, I've done any fantasy hockey. Well, I don't blame you. Like I said, I did dabble in, in baseball and it's a similar thing, man. When, when the teams are playing five days, I, I'm guessing hockey like plays multiple times a week. Pro- probably three, three games a week is pretty common. You're going to so, do like a, a Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday is the most common. So it's not as crazy as baseball, but it's still, like you said, you're going to have to either do multiple times you're setting it or you're setting it in preparation of a couple games. So that that can definitely be uh, daunting, and I assume that the diehards. And I'm guessing that, like you said, if it's somewhat fairly new, I'm guessing that the fantasy industry will like, you know, do things to make it easier on the clientele. Whether it's you know draft for the for a certain day or draft for a week or, yep. or kind of minimize the amount of work you have to do because that is intense. And it is it definitely threw me off baseball. I mean, I I love baseball so much but the fantasy actually kind of killed my love for the sport in some ways. It was yeah. such a grind, man. Holy crap. Right. Cause you have like, you know, in hockey, similar to baseball where you have to know when is your pitcher going to see the mound again? You know, how many right. days rest are they giving them? Most teams in the NHL these days roll with two goalies. 
And so you have your primary starter, but your backup is still playing a good chunk of games if, oh. if he's a good backup. Or, you know, if you don't have like an absolute superstar goalie, you're splitting time. So you have to kind of keep an eye on who's getting the start. And sometimes they don't announce that until like, you know, game time almost. So you're, you're really having to keep an eye on those things. That, that does sound pretty brutal, man. Of course, and NFL, like if you can make it on the field, your ass is on the field and that, that is what it is. So <laughs> right. you're doing exactly. a little homework to like, see who can, you know, who's getting tapped by the quarterback a bit more, but it's basically if they're playing, okay, all, all wheels up or whatever. So that does sound intense. Maybe, maybe there's a, leagues where you're only playing like i don't know five or six guys so you're you're kind of keeping it towards the cream of the crop and you're doing a little less work but um that that probably takes a little bit away from the experience as well so and I like that there's maybe like a draft king style um, right you know ho- hockey thing that that might be a little bit simpler um just for like a week or two weeks at a time or something to, to see how you fare that might be interesting yeah, I can dig that. And, and I guess I'm just, I don't know, like with, with football, obviously you get yards, touchdowns. I mean, there's a lot of stats that, and this is a dumb question. This is an ignorant question, but with hockey, like what, what are the stats like goals, assists, um, blocks or saves from the goal? Like what can an offensive player do? Yeah. Besides, I guess steals maybe. Yeah. So in that case, I think it is, it's a little more similar to baseball in terms of player stats and and it's it's much more like situational than than the nfl or fantasy football where you know yeah it's yards it's catches touchdowns all that good stuff the the bulk of it is goals and assists if you're an offensive player i see defensive players get blocked shots um there's a stat that's kind of popular in the nhl plus minus basically how many goals against your team were you on the ice for um, versus how many goals for your own team were you on the ice for? So you may have had nothing to do with scoring the goal or allowing the goal, but if you were on the ice when you got scored on, that's a minus one. If you're on the ice when your team scores, that's a plus one. So plus minus is a big stat, especially for defensemen. Um, it's a big stat just to see, you know, our team scoring against you when you're out on the ice. So plus minus is one. Um, but the big one, the situational one is power plays. So when you get a penalty, uh, you've got a guy that sits in the box, right. And you're shorthanded for, right. for two to five minutes, a power play goal counts for more, um, like a shorthanded goal. If you're the team that's down and you score, that's additional points as well. So, um, which is which is really fucking embarrassing, play. isn't it? I mean, if you if you're on the power play <laughs> and you get scored on, like, don't you just feel like ass? It it sucks when you see it happen to your <laughs> team. Like you are you are nothing but pissed off. Um, <laughs> a lot of you know it's it happens more often than than you would think. It's not like it's not unheard of. You know, teams are trying to play aggressively when they're on the power play and one one turnover could send things going the other way if, if right. your positioning is right but uh yes that is that is one of those really shitty feelings when somebody gets a shorthanded goal against you a shorthand okay i'm i'm trying to i'm trying to pick up on some nomenclature and pick uh, up the all right yeah so so i'm excited you know from from what you're talking about and describing it definitely seems like a situation where i want to 
invest my energy into becoming a fan of the actual league and the sport for a little while, and then maybe take some dabbles in the fantasy experience down the road um, because of its intensity. Definitely. Definitely. All right, well, yeah. And so like I mentioned too, uh, so some of the other reasons why this is such a good season to become a hockey fan, the, the other is the winter Olympics are, are 2022. And in the last winter Olympics, the NHL did not allow its players to compete. Um, this year, they're back to allowing NHL players to compete in the Olympics. So you get, you get to cheer on NHL players on Team USA to hopefully bring home gold and just help build that connection with certain players that you see and then you know watch them on their NHL teams as well. So having the Olympics, I think, is going to be pretty big for the sport this season also. Oh, I think that's absolutely huge. I didn't even realize that, but you're right. I mean, the obviously the Summer Olympics were just, you know, I don't know, just a little while ago. And yeah, in the amount of names that, of course, I don't remember any of them now, but at the time, <laughs> you know, you invest in these athletes for a good two weeks and, and you pick up on a lot of names of swimmers that you don't care anything about. And and so, oh, yeah. yeah, if you if you can combine that with, with the actual NHL experience, I don't know, it looks like the the Olympics are happening in February. So, so what, like NHL players are just going to take off a couple weeks of the season. Like exactly. Yeah. Wow. Just take a break. I'm trying to think of uh, the last time. So the one before that, I guess it was 2014 in, in the Olympics, NHL players competed. And I think they pretty much just treat it like it's an all-star break, but it's like a two week long all-star break. So you think you think like the stars are going? You think Connor McDavid is going to go play for Canada? It, you know, it's hard. The NBA sets this example, right? Of, and you know they they do all these things right because they have like they're they're this super successful league, and all these players are like so well known to everybody and internationally and everything. But then their star players they don't opt into these kind of things because they get hurt so easily because they get carried off the field or off the court after a cramp in their leg, uh, or they miss, you know, 13 weeks cause they get poked in the eye. The NBA sets this standard where, you know, your top athletes aren't going to compete, but I truly think that the NHL, the players care about the game and their country on a higher level that the superstars are going to compete in the Olympics. I, I haven't heard of anybody saying that they aren't planning on doing it. Um, and every Olympics I can recall watching hockey in, all of the superstars have been there. That is legit, man. Uh, the NBA really doesn't have any excuse because obviously the summer league was happened after, you know, after the season. Was yeah. Happened. So yeah, exactly. the, the NBA players who, who rest from the Olympics should be embarrassed. So that would be, that would be Agreed. badass to see some stars. And even if they're the, not the top players, you know, maybe some, uh, maybe some fantasy relevant or some players from, like you said, the flyers or Minnesota can hop on the Olympics. Yeah. That would be badass. And that'll be fun for sure. And even so from like a country rivalry in the NBA, we go into it knowing that team USA should dominate everybody every one of their you know competitors truth but for olympic hockey um 
sorry, USA, Team USA. But for Olympic hockey, obviously Team Canada is like cream of the crop, but Team USA has had some really good young players over the last five to ten years. Um, Russia is always a team that people look at, but you've got teams like Sweden and Finland. You know, there's just a lot more of a rivalry between USA and Canada for who is the premier hockey country these days that I think it adds a little bit more more spice to the Olympics. Yeah, and I think coming in in February when obviously we have the Super Bowl, but it's it's a bit of a football lull. So I think that would be a, a beautiful teaser for, for us folks that are kind of waning off of football to start getting into that March and in April madness in May and June, like yeah. those, those four months of hockey greatness. So that, uh, that does sound really exciting. Yeah. It should bode really well for, uh, for the players, for the league. Well, that's what's up, man. I, I really appreciate you, appreciate you coming on and talking about NHL and, and hockey in general. Did you want to uh, dabble in any other topics before we head out? I'll throw one more out there just as another uh, another reason to look forward to the season. There is an expansion team this year, the Seattle Kraken. If you haven't uh, seen their jerseys and their logo yet, it's sick. Um, so they might be okay. They're certainly not going to be the uh, Vegas Golden Knights from a few years ago who made it all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals in their inaugural season. But expansion is always exciting. Um, you've got a team in Seattle now. Like I said, their their jerseys are sick. So if you don't want to become a Minnesota Wild fan, check out Seattle and hop on board early. How dare you? I am I am a diehard <laughs> Wild fan, and I will never <laughs> forsake them for a jersey, especially those Seattle pussies. Get out of my face with that. The Wild are the. <laughs> did I did I do the okay Wild there? Did that sound of, authentic? You did, you did good because the Wild <laughs> have a pretty sick logo, also. So it's up there. That's what's up. I have a uh, I have a Timberwolves hat. I do not have a wild hat, so I'll have to I'll have to uh, get you to gotta it. get one. That's what's up, man. And Thank you. So, go ahead. Absolutely. One one more thing. Sorry, I know I know. I'm no, no. You, but we 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 talked before we got started. The NHL on ESPN, its intro song, it literally rivals CBS College Football. Ooh. It's so awesome. It's enough to get people into hockey on its own. So Are you ready to get hype? That intro Are you ready to get hype? I'm already hype. I'm ready to get more hype. Oh! It's sold. Nick Smith. Alex Farrell. Be ready for some fucking hockey after all. You know, over a montage of big hits, big goals. That's sexy right there. Okay. pumped i appreciate you having is, me on man my dick is so hard Farrell. <laughs> jesus as, as it should be, as it should be. <laughs> hey I, I did want to finish so so um that did kind of get me interested the, the i think what tampa bay won the last two years is that are they yeah, going for a three back. 
is that actually a dynasty? Was that lucky or what is that? So they, they are legitimately good. They have some superstar players. They, they're incredible offensively, defensively. They've got the best goalie in the league. So they do have everything in place to just be that good. And they truly are that good. They've had a little bit of luck on their side and their first Stanley cup championship a couple of years ago uh, was the COVID season. So we only played 56 games. All the playoffs were done, not in front of fans. So it's a little bit different. You know, it's not to say that everybody else didn't have the same advantage, but it didn't quite feel the same. Uh, and, are, and have they, it, have they achieved like new England status where everybody else just hates them or it's like, uh, yeah, g- good on them. Quite. Well, well, in their after their first Stanley Cup, when I say I think it's the it was their second, but the the first of their their back to back. Um, I don't think people quite hated them yet, but then this past season where they won again, they found this loophole in the oh, rules. No. One of oh, their no. one of their star players, Nikita Kucherov, incredible Russian goal scorer. Um, he was injured throughout the entire season and he was on IR Mm. there was some (laughs) there was some rule about uh you know so obviously he's on IR so so there's no cap hit um but he came back and played in the playoffs and there was some loophole that now that he's back and they have his full salary that they were allowed to play over the cap in the playoffs so they were playing they were in the playoffs at some like $17 million over the cap Oh, because this superstar player came back. And, you know, granted, he missed the entire season and came back in the playoffs and was one of the leading goal scorers of the entire uh, NHL playoffs, which Incredible. is just unheard of, really impressive. <laughs> but still, they, they were playing $17 million over the salary cap to win this Stanley Cup. So there, there's a little bit of bullshit there. But they are a truly talented team, and they've lost a few pieces this offseason, but I would still say they are favorites to repeat. All right. Well, I'm looking at – Repeat, that is. Oh, that's just disgusting. Well, I'm looking at some odds. They are the second highest odds behind the Avalanche on here. The Colorado Avs, yeah. That's another good team that's that's young, good goaltending – a lot of good goal scorers, but they just haven't been able to keep it going in the critical times. They're an Me- awesome regular season team. Meanwhile, my wild and your flyers are basically sitting right in the middle of the pack of, of uh, Stanley cup odds. So that we're not, the, it seems right. like we're not the worst. No, we're, we're not the worst. We uh, we've got some improvement to do. What we're dark horses. All right. Well, we'll try to to pay attention. Probably not, unfortunately, until till March. But maybe we'll keep up with some records, see some highlights. And uh, thank you so much, man. It was a blast, and uh, you're welcome on any other time. Especially, you know, hey, come on, uh, come on next Thursday, and uh, I'll get to talk shit about my victory over you. After I've whooped your ass in fantasy, yeah, let's uh, let's count on it. But uh, yeah, maybe after the NHL season starts, and I'm you know still sitting undefeated at the top of the league. Wow. Um, yeah. Call me, call me again. I'll, I'll come back on. If you somehow beat me, the, the invitation is revoked. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, thank I'll you so much. Take that. All right. See you. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. It's been fun.